Tonight in the series of Bob Interbuildings, we look at St Ninian's Church with Canon John Caldwell, the present vicar. A building we have all admired while waiting for the lights to change or looking from afar on a boat arriving in Douglas Harbour. It does a bit. It's quite a, a prominent monolith, isn't it, on the, on the shores of this island? I think every photograph you look at of Douglas, it's, there's St Ninian's on the horizon. I think somebody strategically placed it. Um, b- before Douglas sort of spread out uh, at the top of the hill here um, and I'm told you can even see it from Corrin's Folly at, uh, at Peel. And the person who actually put it here was the philanthropist Henry Bloom Noble. Yeah, it came off uh, off the back of his estate once he'd, uh, once he'd gone dead and buried and everything sort of that, left a legacy of, I think it was £10,000 at the time, which would have been a, a reasonable sum of money in those days um, uh, for building a church uh, of, uh, in the evangelical tradition. In the middle of nowhere, because I think it was in fields at the time. It was. I mean, um, some of the artwork that I've seen of, uh, of the church, historical pictures and what have oh. you, um, literally, it's on its own here. Um, and, of course, the other side of the road, um, apart from the burial ground, um, was all fields. It was all farmland. Um, much of Brayhill hadn't really been developed. Um, and I think everything sort of, I think Life of Douglas stops at the traffic lights next to York Road there. It's a big statement as well, isn't it? It is a massive church. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, they are Victorian plans, neo-Gothic, um, but it, it, to put something of big prominence in, um, and I think it speaks volumes to the politics of the island probably, both uh, in and out of the church at the time. Um, that something wanted to be built like this. I think the original location was going to be nearer Douglas, uh, down where the um, Children's uh, Society was, um, down there on Woodbourne Road. Um, and it was originally going to be called Holy Trinity, um, but the parish of Onken, which was there then, and I mean it was it was carved into. Um, I don't think they wanted it, um, so it was an un- it was an unwanted, an unloved church to start with. <laughs> church yeah. let's date it 1910 something like that? 1913 and 1914 oh, is it? Um, okay. so 1913 it, it, it literally the parish was the footage of the church um, and in 1914 the parish was carved out um, of Onken and a bit of St George's and whatever else was uh, was lying around at the time um, and and so that's that's how it uh, it came about so it was a it, it was a church with no parish originally um, I suppose quite unique in in that respect and then, of course, what's happened, um, Douglas has grown past it. You know, as Douglas has merged into Onken and continues to merge, um, and, of course, all the houses have been built up at Governor's Hill, everything's sort of gone past it. Um, and in its own way, I mean, uh, you, you look at St Peter's at Onken, it's a village church in the village, um, and most of our churches are. This one's pretty unique in that it was sort of built for a time, and the time's sort of, it's sort of ebbed past it, if you like. Um, but and, and but it's still here as this, uh, as you say, as this big monolith. That's, uh, St Ninian's, because it's got sort of links with Cumbria, which is where Henry Bloom Noble came it's from. A, it's a, I mean, uh, th- th- there's a lot of myth and legend around St Ninian himself, and there's probably just as much around the church. Um, he, um, he was um, born and brought up, of course, um, near Penrith. And there's a Chapel of Ease there, which is a St Ninian's Chapel. Um, so some would say that the name came from that, or that it's a reflection that St Ninian came to these shores in, uh, uh, in years gone by. Um, and of course, there's lots of St Ninian's churches go from Donegal all the way across. There's this one here, um, and then across the Scottish Lowlands. Um, so you, you, you sort of get the gist that Ninian was about and around. But I'd probably don't know whether he'd, uh, he'd have come here. Let people make up their own mind about that. It's made of local stone. 
It is. There's two, it's cut out. Of t there's two different quarries, um, and where we're stood here, you can uh, you can visibly look at the south side of the church here, um, and you can see the difference in the two types of stone, um, and the two building companies that uh, were involved in doing it. Um, so you can see up to the lintels of the windows, um, quite a hard uh, local stone, um, and I can never remember which way around it is. One was from Douglas Head Quarry. Um, where the industrial bit is up there yeah, now yeah. and uh, and what have you um, and the other bit came out of the Baldwins one ran out and one building firm couldn't work with it because they didn't have the experience um, so you've got this very defined uh, in places demarcation on the stonework um, so the much deeper, deeper darker brown or grey down here and then it goes into the light rougher stone that's uh, not as strong uh, up above. You found out obviously. Yeah I, well, I look at it every time I come up and, uh, and, and seen it and of course when we've had building works done it's, uh, it's great, not major issues but we've been aware of it inside. What, what's the rim of the windows made out of then? It's, that's it's, a red it's, sandstone. It's, there is a red sandstone um, and there's, there's quite a lot of that about, I mean St George's has got, he's got it a plenty in town mm. um, and here um, and I th uh, from what I understand I think a lot of that came from St B's and of course with Bloom Noble's connection with the, the quarry over there and what have you. Um, but it's incredibly soft stone um, yes. and, of course, and of course a lot of it was used for Carlisle Cathedral. Um, if you ever go to Carlisle, the cathedral there has got a, a huge amount of this red stone there. Um, but um, it tends to turn to ash when it's been in rain for a while and, uh, and gets all the, all the damage of the As indeed environment. is evidenced by some of the windows it a bit is, farther yeah, along this south um, Yeah, and you can see where they've been painted over and, uh, and renovated. <clears throat> and as you go around the church, we've sort of started at the northeast corner and worked our way around one side and we've just got round to this side here. Uh, we've got some storm damage from the last uh, couple of storms that have blown in because of its exposed position it takes a, a bit of a battering but i said having said that uh, the credit to the construction that was done in the day you know wooden scaffolding and men just up and down on it health and safety would, hadn't even been thought of um, but um, it, it's a constant it's a bit like the fourth row bridge you tend to go around you know and then you're up to the top of the tower and work your way down and anything else in between that and it does take an awful lot of time effort and money these days to because dealing with uh, a heritage building if you like um, even though it's relatively young in terms of our built heritage on the island um, it costs a lot of money you know you've got specialist things like lime mortar um, you know, you've got to get different people in to do all sorts of different stuff. Occasionally when you just look at the church, it can look, excuse the expression, a lump. But, mm. it, but it isn't, is it? Because when you look at that tower, there's design that has gone into it and little arches, small windows and things like that. Yeah, yeah, the buttresses and everything else and, the, and, and when you go up there there's lots of little intricate rooms and things um, that never get used. I mean, I, I mean, there was a tradition on Ascension Day that everybody used to go up to the top of the tower, particularly from the school. Forget you know, they were all marched across <laughs> and, and, and up there. You wouldn't even consider that these days. Uh, you know, the insurance people would have a nightmare. Yeah, 85 foot high is the tower um, and from the top you get this spectacular panorama um, Do you go up there often then? Um, no, it's about two or three years since I've, uh, I've been up there. It's a bit grubby, shall we say. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those places we don't need to go to. Um, and it's built for people of a slimmer era, I think, than I, <laughs> I am. So. Spiral staircase? It, it is a spiral staircase, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's one of those, you, it's one of those once you, you start losing your feet, don't you, if you go too fast. Um, and you know when you've got to the top, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, yes. <laughs> Yeah, very definitely. But there's a fascination, isn't there, with towers? There, is, there really is. There is, yeah. Uh, for the view that they provide. A number of people have sort of said, can we come and watch the TT from up there? I said, no, because you can't see anything from the trees. The trees are in full, full leaf at that point. 
Um, you can see out over the park and everything else. Um, but of course, with drone technology now, you don't need to go up there. You can fly a drone wherever over you want to go and, yeah. and do all that. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's an impressive feat of architecture, um, and it's even got the uh, the flue from the boiler goes right to the top. Uh, and, and shoots out there and about two or three years ago I was driving past one tea time and the service engineer had been in and done the boiler and he hadn't quite got the fuel mix right so there's this big black cloud billowing out the top and apparently we had about six different phone calls to the fire brigade and the fire brigade out uh, thinking that the tower was burning down and I, that was me thinking the diocesan arsonist had made a visit but uh, not to be. <laughs> um, but well, we probably hadn't elected a new pope. <laughs> no, 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 well, I think, I think there was a joke in the car at that time about it was the wrong colour smoke. So, um, but it, uh, yeah, so it's, I mean, it serves a multiple purpose as it's also a vent for the church. Um, as, as okay. It, so, that, so it's part of the draw of air in um, with the original heating system that was put in. Um, when it used to have a coal-fired um, system. Um, it was part of the vent to keep the airflow through the church. How long have you been here at St Ninian? Uh, just coming up 10 years this September. Man and boy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, I, it, was always, um, it was always here when I was, when I was here before, I mean, before I went away and came back again. Um, and I, I got the phone call one morning saying, you fancy being the vicar of St Ninian? I thought, yeah, yeah, it's got the TT, start landing the parish. <laughs> um, but, and, uh, but coming back, and it, uh, you know, it's a great, they're a great bunch of people it's a very friendly community storm uh, damage you said i should imagine looking after the outside of the building is a nightmare it's continual we just uh, after every high wind you have to go around and have a pair of binoculars and check the roof make sure things are where they should be slate being a going problem. and then have a look inside for um, any water damage any water ingress we've done a great deal of work over the last few years to get it to to where it is but the roof's got this um, decreasing westmoreland slate on you see, I'm learning all these technical terms off the builders as they... Becoming uh, an expert. Yeah, yeah, and how much scaffolding costs and things yeah. like that. I mean, in its own, it's a brilliant building design, um, but it's one of those things that, it, because it's man-made and cut, um, as opposed to moulded and, and everything else, it doesn't have the uniformity. Um, but, of course, that adds to the character of it, um, and it's good, solid stuff. But when it goes, you've got to, you know, we've a couple of bits lying on the floor that have come off in the, mm. in the storm, you know, so, I mean, they'll get cut down for using for other little bits patching. of patching and things like that, so. We're standing, as you said, on the south side looking at the church and it's way, way above us. The decision to put St Ninian Court there, was that an easy decision? Um, uh, it was a, a huge decision for the church. I mean, if you, if you remember back, it was all grass and it had a sort of cinder track and the, uh, but the old church hall was, uh, was, was on that piece of land. It was a 1930s construct and it was getting to the point where it wasn't going to be safe to use. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a big chunk of land. Well, what do you do with it? Do you make it grass? Yeah. You know, so everybody... the church doesn't need it. The church doesn't, the, the church doesn't need it. I mean, having masses of land is not one of the big... I mean, it's not a modern idiom of the church, is it? So, um, but to, for, so the agreement was reached to do that, and then of course the the proceeds of the sale of land and the the building of that um, has contributed to the work that we've done inside the church, uh, which was completed before I came back in 2007. Now that's looked around the outside of St Ninian's with Canon John Coldwell. Let's move inside. It says church um, again, that neo-Gothic style. Um, and somebody told me, and I don't know how, much, how true it is, I don't know, it's um, the fact that there's another church somewhere that's been built off the same plans. And of course, the, the, the methodology was one place would have them drawn, 
and then they've made money out of selling the plans on with the architects afterwards rather than drawing a whole new set. Yeah, but it's a common practice throughout the architectural world. Um, And I think there was, I mean, the grandeur of the place, it it does have a certain majesty and everything else. People come in and there's all sorts of stuff goes here, as you, you know, with concerts, and it it takes the lighting and the sound and everything else fits into the environment. It's a bit cathedral-esque, if that's a word. Um, And I think think the... um, the politics of the time would perhaps have seen it being the cathedral at some point for the island. Oh, you reckon that was the, yeah, the original intention? I think there were some murmurs behind all that, okay. do you know what I mean? I mean, originally when it was built, it held 600 people. So you can imagine 600 people in here. Um, and of course, they would, I mean, in terms of physical body heat, they would have used layer technology, you know, they'd have had a vest on, wouldn't they? And long johns and uh, a shirt and a waistcoat and a jacket and, and an overcoat and everything else. And would have been relatively... Uh, warm and of course probably younger in age group 100 years ago uh, than, than, than yeah. pro- probably yeah. some of our you know older members of the church today um, you know so probably a bit younger and fitter um, if I can say that no disrespect to uh, <laughs> the, the but of course the older you are and the more you sit around you do feel the chill occasionally yeah and I mean we've had complaints that it's been too warm during the summer seriously however we had people fanning themselves <laughs> Um, and particularly last summer when it was nice and hot, it was, it, I mean, it's like an oven in here. Um, you, if only we could have that all year round, it'd be fantastic. Um, but of course, in the depths of winter, um, you know, when you get a, a good strong southwesterly or a, a northeasterly blowing, you'd start to realise then, um, you know, you can get it up to about 12 degrees with the heating system. Um, and anything over and above that, in that you're just no, bring, it's <laughs> w- winging it. <laughs> So. Short, short sermons, presumably. Yes, yeah, yeah, I'll try to get people doing star jumps halfway through. Just, no, <laughs> no. no, I'm joking. Um, but it, um, you become very conscious of it. Um, and I think that's part of the people's expectation. They always say, you know, if you can park at a church, um, it's warm and it's friendly. The ch- a chance. Ch- church really, will yeah. probably thrive quite well on those, on those circumstances. Um, so we've got a car park. Um, people are warm and friendly generally. Yeah. We just need to sort the heating out now. And of course, the, the problem is, as you just said, it's a big church, isn't it? It's, it's, it is, I'll use your word again, cathedral-esque. Yeah. And that means a vast space up there that you've got to heat. Yeah, and of course, all the heat comes out the radiators, goes straight up, and never, but never get, makes it back down here. Or if it makes it back down here, it's lost the heat. Um, you know, the temperature's gone. Um, but it is, I mean, it's a fantastic construction when you look at it. These, uh, the, the red sandstone pillars, um, each one of them carved differently at the top. Um, and all bearing the mason's marks there's a there's a little board game you can go around and find all the mason's marks um, as they uh, as they built it you know the craftsmen putting it together Um, but you can see with the work that damage that water does to it as well it goes deep pink and uh, and gets very wet when you when you get any ingress but you're very lucky that the the arches obviously gothic arches but they're in good order still it is yeah i mean it's it's been well put together you know, I go back to what I said when we were outside. The construction was extremely good at the time, and it's lasted. You know, there, there was just, people who built these things knew how to build, um, and they knew what they were doing. Um, you know, when you think that's stone on stone, there's no steelwork or anything in there. No. You know, like you build a modern construction, there's no tie in the walls or anything else. It's just been built. Uh, it's pretty impressive. You know, yeah. there's some, and there's some weight up there, and, and yeah. weight of the roof as well, with all that uh, with all that slate on it. But they've they've tried to reduce the weight by putting the the little holes through it, and yeah, then yeah. the little arches above and things yeah, like this. Yeah. But 
How many people come into church and look up? Many. I, I think once you get complacent when you come here every week because you sort of walk in and you, just, you tend it, yeah. to take it for granted. You know, it's a bit like you going to the studio. You don't get dazzled by the lights anymore. Um, but new people who come in go, oh, wow. You know, there's that... Um, I remember going to the New Camp Stadium in Barcelona and, I mean, that's a huge place. And I watch people coming up the stairs there and the little jaw drop that just sort of says, wow, just a bit of awe. And, mm -hmm. a, and a little bit of... Because we don't do awe and wonder very well these days, do we? We don't have time for it. Um, but people come here and they go, oh... And it just, there's that gentle stop before they go, wow, you know, and then they start to speak about it. Um, and it happens quite a lot, particularly people coming for weddings and things like that that haven't been in, or people who've been at the school or not been in for a few years, um, come in and go, oh, well, it's not like I remembered it, or, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, and it, it, it is a huge space, um, and, and it does have that impact on people. You mentioned earlier about you put concerts on here. I think that's where the grandeur up there comes to light, when the boys put all the lights and the laser beams. Yeah, I mean, when uh, I mean Justin's come in with uh, ELS and done the light shows, I mean, um, for a few of those concerts. And he's, I mean, he's loved playing in this environment. Um, and I mean, I mean, I'm even talking to him about doing like a Sonne Lumiere thing at Christmas. Excellent. Uh, just before Christmas, so we can light the outside of the church up. Um, depending on the weather, it might end up being inside. Um, it's, uh, you know, early days of planning, but it's just something to use. I mean, they do it at Durham Cathedral quite well and, and a few other places. So to be able to do something like that and use the architecture great, for that purpose yeah. would uh, highlights it and, uh, and sort of brings it alive. But it, acoustically, it's good for concerts. The symphony orchestra use it, the choirs are using it. Um, there's been a few uh, concerts here. Um, I mean, the guy from Space from Liverpool came and did a, a, a superb little concert here. I think you were at, uh, you were at that. Jeff Jepson as well. Yeah, and, and Jeff and, and Christine Collister and, and do you know what I mean? True Yeah, and it, I mean, that's the gray thing that, uh, it lends itself to it. And, and it's nice for people to come into something that's a different environment. It just has a different balance with it. But to be able to do something like that, um, and of course, I mean, churches never would have had pews in years ago, you know, the older churches. And having the free seating that we've got, we can arrange this however we want and use the space in, in a multiple of ways. Mm -hmm. um, and it really should be used as, a, you know, as part of the community, you know. So it's always open, you know, if we want to use it for events and things like that, approach us and, uh, and, and do that. Um, I, I think it's quite exciting to see a building being used in that way, rather than it being a museum that's open for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning. When you're on the TT, because you're very much involved in the TT, yeah. do you get many visitors? Yes. Yeah, we do. I mean, we have a cafe in the, in the that Paris Centre. That drives a lot of people. And you try and have an exhibition as well. And we have the race exhibition of, uh, of photographs upstairs with the broadracingsupporters.com uh, thing, um, which is that, that's the 10th year of this coming up this year. Sure. Um, you know, it's flown by. But it, it, it's become a focus. For, you know, people come for the hospitality. They've made friendships, good refreshments, as all the lots of churches and charity places do around the island. It's a money spinner, isn't and it? And, it, and it's, I think it, that's something that's at heart of uh, human nature, isn't it? Hospitality and getting, making friends and, and getting to know people and meeting and just having conversations. Um, and it's certainly become a hub for that, um, you know, during uh, TT and during Grand Prix and the classic TT. Um, and we're quite delighted that people still come. Um, and the cakes have got quite a reputation. So. And they all have to be sampled by the vicar. Yes. One of the good things about churches is why well, you get these magnificent 
windows, stained glass windows as well. You do, um, and of course to appreciate stained glass, you've got to be on the inside to see the light. That's right, in. yeah, because unfortunately <coughs> you have to protect it on the outside. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've, been, we've been cautious with, I think over the years, the churches were always fair game for a catapult and a stone, weren't they? Um, particularly when I was a kid. Uh, growing yeah, up in so West there's, there's the voice of experience. <laughs> and it still happens. I mean, just down the road, there was an incident at Trinity the other week where, you know what I mean? It's a big glass window, and it? People are just, there's some intrigue. I don't know. Um, we know it's not right, but people still do it. Um, but to appreciate the colours um, of a stained glass window is being in. And of course, the light here shifts during the day as the sun goes round. And at different times of year, it catches different things, and you get coloured light on the carpet. Um, on the pillars and on the stonework um, and so over a season of a year you get that that shift and it's superb to see but of course when you're in at night and the lights are on it just looks dark it just looks black um, you know so the, the, you really do need to come in during the day and appreciate uh, appreciate some of the colours. And uh, the bloke that it's all named after. So yeah, same looking at now. yeah yeah so I mean when it when it was first built no it had no stained glass so the stained glass has been added over the years apart from the uh, the east window, um, which are now, of course, is, when you look at it, it's filthy. And it, it, at some point in the future, one generation will have to restore it or decide what they're going to do with it. Um, you know, you've got somebody who was church warden of this church in the 1920s and 1930s. Um, you know, so when he's, he's died, um, St Peter's been put in um, as, a, as a stained glass window. And as you go around, there are all the, the, the different windows. And we've still got that one around there. That, Let's that's, walk around there. That's, then, then um, that's still um, playing glass as it would have been. So it was quite a simple church when it was, uh, when it was built. Uh, and again, um, it, the, sort of, the neo-Gothic thing sort of um, pulls attention slightly with the, um, the evangelical nature of churches mm -hmm. um, at, at, at that, that time, just before the First World War, of course. Um, and of course, the vicar uh, at the time, DC Woodhouse, Disney Woodhouse. His first name was Disney. So, great name to have, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was, uh, at the time, was the bishop's chaplain. Um, and they couldn't find anybody to be a vicar. The diocese couldn't afford to pay a stipend. Um, and so, as bishop's chaplain, he came in as the first incumbent here. Um, and the Church Pastoral Aid Society, who are still patrons of the church, um, so they decide who will be my successor and, and so on and, and lies with me. Um, they paid his stipend. They agreed to pay his stipend in exchange for the patronage. So that relationship's continued ever since. St Paul above him. Yes. Yeah. It's <clears throat> a lovely colour red, isn't it? It is that deep crimsony. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just so it's a deep out. vermilion, isn't it? In, yeah. its own, in, its, uh, in its own way like that. Um, and of course you can see the difference in the craftwork of that window compared to the, uh, the one with St. Peter next to It's week, really in intricate, in that St. Paul's one, isn't it? Yeah, in, and that would have probably been one of the first ones that, uh, that, that was put in there. Um, and in fact, that's 1916, so you can see the difference in glasswork from that until coming up into the 1920s. That's right. So the yeah. technology of glass, those are very small pieces within that window compared to the, the width and, and depth of those pieces there. Similarly, um, we've got St. Cuthbert. And, and similarly, and we've got St Andrew. So the Scottish link with uh, Ninian um, yeah. and, of course, St Cuthbert. The politics of the old church between um, Northumberland and um, Whithorn 
Um, obviously, Whitton drew a lot of people in and got royal patronage. And along with people comes the old, uh, the filthy lucre, if you like, m money. Um, and of course, St Cuthbert and everybody else wanted it to be part of their bit so that they, they could be part, you know what I mean, and, and rake some of the benefits in, I'm sure. Um, you know, it's never, the, the pursuit of money is not good, is it? Well, apparently that's what scripture says. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the dirty windows, as you put them at the other end, yes. um, are the sort of the standard ones that you would get in, in any church? Any Ascension Eastern. and resurrection? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then if you, you just step forward a little bit, right at the top, oh. and this is where you get the, the little bit, um, is the diocesan court of arms. Of which Soda and Man. Of Soda and Man. Um, which you would have, you look at it very carefully, that's the same as the outside the bishop's office and on all the official letterheads oh, and, uh, and everything else, which will give you the leanings that they thought it might have been a cathedral, Again, perhaps. Yes. There's just that little hint um, hidden away. Look in, at me. <laughs> and I've never actually, I, I keep threatening to um, bring a long telephoto lens in and get a real good close-up photograph of it and I've never it's one of those things I keep meaning to and I'll have to do it one day I'll just have to put it in my diary to do it um, just to see what it's like because you can just make out and the three legs of man in there um, what it's like it's very much like the uh, and of course the uh, it's the top of the bishop's staff the one that's made out of the bog oak from the the, the cladders that uh, with its all its ornate decoration yeah. very similar design to the top of that and presumably contemporary with those windows. And contemporary, yeah, yeah, would have all been done at the same time. And again, you can see that early style of stained glass compared to these other windows when they've uh, when they've been put in. And then, of course, the Rerobo was put in. Uh, the big wooden panel for uh, was put in um, later. That was in the 1920s. It would have been. It was just a plain wall before that. Um, you know, so that's a magnificent piece of woodwork. Um, and uh, that to me reminds me of St George's again. It's that that very similar style in it. There's a, there's a lot of things done at uh, done at that time, um, and in and in that style. And of course, um, I mean the choir stalls are original to uh, when it was first built, um, and the the vicar and uh, and curate stall, um, and of course the pulpit. You know, so the furniture was the furniture was added to the plan and built in afterwards as a, you know, as a, a sort of design thing. Then, of course, you've got the Martin Chapel. Of course, Ninian's great pal, who we went to Rome with and spent a lot of time and travelled with, was Martin of Tours in France, uh -huh. hence the St Martin Chapel, um, which is just this quiet little chapel off the side. A little table in from uh, another church in Douglas. If you, if you wanna, it's a bit like kissing the Blarney Stone. If you want to go and lie down underneath it and read the inscription, you'll find out where it came from. <laughs> Not bothering. <laughs> <laughs> But that's a, you know, there's all sorts of little mysterious things hidden away in there, yeah. uh, you know, for people to come and find. This week on Bob Into Buildings, we've been looking at St Ninian's Church with Canon John Coldwell. Join me next week for the last programme in the present series. If you want to listen again, please use Manx Radio's webpage and also check out the podcasts. Till next time, goodbye.